0: Hey there, this is Cole. I'm here to tell you that this episode is brought to you by two separate things. Uh, So first off, I'm going to talk about Gary's book. It is called uh, Souls of Darkness, and it is a parody of the old uh, Worlds of Power books. Uh, It pretends that the uh, Dark Souls or a Dark Souls analog was uh, was an NES game, uh, and it has kind of this uh, kind of comedic and heartwarming kind of uh, kind of story. It's fantastic. You can go to powerworlds.com for an amazing website, um, or you can go to duckfeed.tv slash store to buy a physical copy, either of which, either the digital or the physical. Uh, really recommend you do that because it is great. The other thing I would recommend you do um, is go to duckfeed.tv/slash monster in my podcast. This is a new uh, podcast that is only possible because of people who have donated to our Patreon at uh, patreon.com/slash duckfeedtv. Um, it is a podcast where every week, uh, three times a week, we talk about. Uh, new monsters from the second edition monstrous manual and then after we're done with that in about two years or so we're going to go on to uh, different kind of stuff it is all about how goofy and horrifying different monsters in the dungeons and dragons and other tabletop uh, kind of canon are these monsters are horrifying and crazy and uh, we cannot talk enough about them this is a bite-sized podcast three times a week about a new monster That is duckfeet.tv slash monster in my podcast. And let us not delay any further. We're super happy to have you here. Let us get to this episode.
1: Some of our landings were desperate
0: adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence.
1: What is wrong, unkindled one? Are you not a Lord Seeker?
2: Head to the base of the high wall and seek the Lords
0: of
1: Cinder. Is this not the calling of your kind since ages past?
2: My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross.
1: And I'm Jason Killingsworth.
2: And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a kindled favorite.
0: Yes. And this week we are talking about the high wall of Lothric. Uh, And as you heard, we are joined by Jason Killingsworth, our first guest of the season. Welcome, Jason. (laughs) Hello.
1: Yeah. uh, Tell people uh, where they might know you from. So um, you may know me from such uh, famous episodes of Bonfireside Chat as the Boletaria Palace uh, episode. And then I, uh, I was also on a Dark Souls 2 DLC uh, episode of the show, uh, both, both of which were incredibly fun. I work for Riot Games uh, as a writer. And in my spare time uh, at my kitchen table between 10 o'clock and 3 or 4 in the morning, I <laughs> co-authored a book about Dark Souls called You Died. Yeah, so, a great book yeah. about Dark Souls, not just because we're in it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, talking to to you guys and talking to other people in the community felt as essential as talking about the design of the game itself. Because you know, as you know better than anybody, this the social experience is. It's uh, Miyazaki and everybody involved in the game wove that into wove that social element into the design of the game so purposefully because mm-hmm. it's such it's such an essential foundational part of the whole experience and whether just chatting about it, you know, outside of the game or, or actually kind of interacting with, uh, with phantoms or their, other friendly, friendly spirits <laughs> inside. There's, the a, game.
2: There, there's a really nice parody to having you, uh, uh, on this episode. Um, one, because this area kind of specifically recalls Volataria palace, um, Absolutely. You know, quite a bit. And then the other thing being, and I don't know if this is actually true, but, um when we uh when you died came out several people who listened to the show went back and listened to your appearance um and you had mentioned at that point uh creating a book <laughs> about dark souls um and then it's kind of awesome to have been there to have you be like yeah i'm doing that and and mm-hmm. i don't know if that was the first uh publicized uh, airing of that um if it was quite breaking but very early on in that kind of cycle and then to come back and actually have it out um and have you back on the show it's really cool
1: yeah I, I... I don't know what the sort of print publishing like equivalent of vaporware would be, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm glad that it, it didn't end up you know, going that way that it actually was able to come to fruition, but actually to even just give a sense of the, of the timescale, because that was a that was a few years ago now, which is is <laughs> pretty mad. I was living in the UK at that stage and I'm back in Ireland now, but that book that I announced was, was actually a book that I was working on by myself with a different publisher uh, called uh, Press Select, uh, run by you know, some, some journalists, uh, sort of academic friends of mine, named Brendan Kyo and Dan Golding. Um, and then uh, a little ways into that project, I got contacted by Keza McDonald, my co-author on You Died, and she had a project that she was working on and had a publisher lined up for and asked me if I wanted to Sort of join forces on and uh you know and and work together on a project so so i kind of went back and you know emailed those you know the, the guys i'd been working with and and the and uh press select was actually kind of going through a transition and and um you know they were sort of it was getting backburnered a little bit as they were sort of figuring out what they wanted to do with it and so, so they gave me their blessing to jump on board with uh, with Keza's project so there was actually a whole kind of metamorphosis and even just how the like, how the you know the process of, of putting the book together and kind of where it was going to be published and so ever since that first chat it's uh you yeah, <laughs> know it's, it's gone through its own journey you know to, yeah.
2: yeah to being It went from from being
1: uh because was sorry um... she wasn't able to actually join us on you know on this episode she just had uh, had some things come up but uh
2: yeah yeah it is uh we originally were gonna get get both you guys on an episode but it looks like we might have to to split you guys up which is a okay with us because mm-hmm. uh, uh we like you guys both
0: yeah
2: and <laughs> uh you know that'll be uh that'll be great um but yeah i'm i'm glad that uh, glad that you're able to join us now and uh i love the book um and would recommend it you know even if if we weren't involved you know if we weren't in it which is really flattering and very nice yes and if y- you know you and I weren't you know buddies I would still recommend it because it's an awesome artifact and kind of a, and game games don't get this kind of thing. We have um, like the personal, like the boss fight books things where they uh, they're like a uh, personal reflections on a game and they ex- examine some of the context, but this is a real kind of snapshot of a, a community. So I, I love the part of it that it's like half about the game and half about the game is a lot of stuff that I already know. Um, but the actually yeah. having a document of, you know, the, the far reaching fingers of this thing as a cultural phenomenon is really, really great. And I think yeah. it's going to be kind of important going forward to have that crystallized. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Far-eaching fingers was my favorite boss in dark souls. So <laughs> yeah. um, it, it actually, uh, it sounds like those Zelda, you know, those little Zelda hands that would sort of fall off the, <laughs> the wall, the wall creep, like creep out of the walls. And like, try to. they, they sound
2: like an exercise stuff. equipment,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the
2: wall master, <laughs> um, they just grab you and put you down at the bottom of the stairs after you get to the top. <laughs> So you have to keep climbing them.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. what all exercise um, feels like. Infinity you know, stairs. Falling down stairs, yeah. Downstairs, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> um,
0: my, my secret favorite, uh, feature of this book, um, all the community stuff is amazing, but there's, a uh, there's a, there's a lore appendix at the back of this that has mm-hmm. some of the most concise explanations of kind of the various movers and shakers in, uh, in Dark Souls 1 and Lordran. Um, and, uh, these are probably some of the most concise yet complete descriptions of kind of the ways that these interact that I've seen.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We actually shunted that back into it was originally going to be, they were going to be their own standalone chapters, and we just thought, like, you know, of of the sort of hardcore, you know, Souls fans that were writing this book for, mm-hmm. we, we just felt pretty insecure about how interested people would be in kind of going back through and and being reintroduced to these people that they already they know, like, fairly fairly well. So mm-hmm. uh, Keza had the idea to just label it as an appendix so people feel like they've finished... The book and then that felt like kind of bonus dlc like if you <laughs> if you wanted to you know have a stroll with uh, you know with some of those your old buddies then you could you could do that if you wanted but then they could feel like they'd already finished the book you yeah
0: know? it's like a, it, it it's like the little booklet you get at a high school reunion a little bit
1: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it does kind of feel like a little bit of a reunion um <laughs> like a like a souls reunion because you're you're catching up with with these different Know, different creators and you know authors and you know and like video magicians and you know lore <laughs> archaeologists and is that everybody's kind of in a room for not a not one last uh you know dark souls one kind of little reminisce you know but uh but but definitely uh you know definitely just pulling all these different people into into that scrapbook together yeah
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the lower part of the back reminds me of the um, the similar thing that is in the uh, the old hunters guide. Yeah, um, where it, or if it's in the old hunters or the main bloodborne guide, but it's the old hunters. When it, yeah, the old hunters. There's just a, a nice like, even if it is information that is already out there, it is really nice to have it in one place and kind of consolidated.
1: Yeah. So, so kudos. It, thanks, man. There's been so much oh. written about the game. Uh, in one sense, it feels like a book like this is is completely extraneous because there have been so many words sort of just like this never-ending chocolate fountain of of words that's been kind of burbling over like you know with people expressing their kind of fascination with with the game uh, so in one sense it feels like it's 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 already gotten its its sort of quota of words you know but I don't know there's but the way that the internet is it they're so diffuse and they're, you know, it's in wikis and on different websites and it just felt like the beauty of a book is that you can take all of these different strands and and kind of create this, like just a, a package where everything kind of sits really harmoniously together. And, and also we just had a lot more to say about the game. I mean, I, we, Keza for, for IGN and, and Eurogamer and other places had written about the soul series and I'd written about it edge while i was the features editor there um and had just kept you know picking it picking at that uh, i don't want to call souls a scab but <laughs> <laughs> just, just scratching that itch but never yeah. quite you know never quite satisfying it and Fun. fully and and so this was yeah I think in the interview with you you talked about how the podcast was a way of and kind of having all this this stuff kind of coursing through your system and needing to just sort of bleed it out a little bit. Like yeah. you know, the kind of leech yeah. on the skin to just sort of exercise that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that demon, all the, all the thoughts
0: that, that you had. Yeah. We're all uh, unraveling the same sweater.
1: Yeah. that's it we're we're just like the we're like a, a weezer you know we're like all the members of weezer like sort of pulling a, a string i and... call anybody right.
2: except for rivers cuomo like, <laughs> like literally anybody even the guy they kicked out like just just don't make me be that guy
0: can i be one of the characters from happy days that's yes, in universe please. right
2: yeah I, I would i would i'll take it let me be the jukebox um i will not be uh i don't need to be rivers cuomo um the uh yeah it is uh yeah it is it feels nice to get that stuff down it feels really nice to make a definitive kind of statement kind of thing even though there's still more to talk about mm-hmm. uh you know and it is an ongoing conversation and that conversation is going to spill into the season as well so it is uh yeah. Yeah. it just keeps going it is a never-ending chocolate fountain infinity chocolate fountain like you can just <laughs> swim through this thing first for... right up to the edge
1: and i'm, I'm yep. sure there are people listening who probably have um you know, some percentage of a Dark Souls book sitting in there in the top door of their desk. And I, I don't want anybody to feel like this is, this is some definitive document that, that um nullifies or, you know, cancels out anybody else's sort of long form writing about the game that, that they're plotting or scheming to, to get out into the world. So finish, finish those books. This is, you know, is obviously, you know, two people's love letter to the game, but but I want to read uh, you know, I, I want to read you know other other people's unique impressions and the, the everybody's, world can use everybody's more
2: be, more love letters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. There's so much cynical bullshit you know floating around, especially on the internet. So much smarm and and uh, you know, rantiness, and so yeah. encourage other people to. To express, you know, appreciation, even sort of candid, like critical appreciation. The the world needs more of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Cole, What did uh What did we do last time on the show?
0: Well, Gary, last time we had our uh, kind of basics and tutorial and Hub World uh, episode, where we rose from the grave and defeated Udex Gunder. Gunder. Do you mean, you Grunder. I mean, no, he's a different guy. He's his okay. uh, he's his cousin. Works down at the tire yard.
2: Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am poking fun at the fact that we said Grunder a couple times and heard about it uh, an order of magnitude more <laughs> times than we actually made the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that going to come up a couple times in this episode. But uh, it's you amazing heard like the way I looking those... at the
1: window pane as <laughs> yeah. you were recording the episode. Like <laughs> no. The floor Someone's... opened up beneath me. <laughs>
2: There's a real butterfly effect kind of thing where if you, uh, you know, you 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 make one mistake, and then it just multiplies and multiplies them. It's like when Bart lined up all of the megaphones, Gunder, um, gunder. and then he's, yeah, he's like gunder into into one end of the megaphone, and then it just exploded. And <laughs> I did hear rumors.
1: It's 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 been the number of usages of the incorrect name have been in multiplying. Like I heard just. Yesterday, I heard somebody saying there were twelve, you know, (laughs) misuses of 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 the phrase. Uh, It keeps growing every day.
2: It's it's like the Velvet Underground. (laughs) Yeah, everybody who heard the misuse, not everybody heard the misuse, but everyone who did started a band.
1: <laughs> um, yes everybody wrote a, a document full of full of typographical errors uh sort of in google docs
0: yep nope i just uh i, t- I wrote the wrong name down because uh i do not uh, i'm not as familiar with norse naming as uh as a lot of people and grunder <laughs> seemed just as valid as grunder yeah,
2: it doesn't that doesn't even have to be it cole it doesn't have to be like you made it you just made a typo yeah like it, it doesn't even have to be like a personal failing as to <laughs> and i'm not really calling people out for the corrections necessarily mm-hmm. it is just funny the way that you can you can misspeak once or twice and then just have it like, you know, <laughs> build, build uh, I also a now I know there's a silver cat ring. <laughs> so, so just so everyone knows, now I know that that's in the game. Yep. At the time we recorded, it, I didn't think it was in there because it was hidden behind a really obscure quest line. Mm-hmm. But now I know it's there. Yep. And uh, so thank you. I do. I do appreciate it. Yeah. It's just funny the way that you like whenever that happens, it is just literally <laughs> dozens and dozens.
1: I I I heard that uh, the main thing that makes reality television so compelling is that you uh, it's designed so that you see people uh on your television screen that you're able to feel superior to uh, <laughs> because they're they're very fallible kind of oh, individuals God. you know such as uh the republican president elect, you know like <laughs> um and you're able to laugh at them and and, and feel you know, kind of smugly slightly above their level and so you know by Inserting a tactical, you know, misspeaking into an episode of Bonfire Chat just, just gives like a slight like hint of that kind of flavor for people listening. They can you know, feel good about yeah. the fact that they, they, a, they we're they, Honey Boo Boo's twin <laughs> of podcasting.
0: Yeah, no, just <laughs> <laughs> saying Grunder and then going on a thirty minute Grundle uh, um, uh, 30 tangent. Minutes. Yep, yep, 30, yeah. 30, 30, 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, yeah. That is
2: our uh, that is our form of Wabi Sabai yeah it's our it's our brand yep um anywho before i interrupted you uh, (laughs) so so and if we mess something up we do want to hear about it oh yeah we have like i said it's just funny yep um maybe not the grunder grunder stuff i also (laughs) uh i know that now yeah but i I was just mispronouncing it it's okay it's a lot of nonsense letters put in a row it's not Mm -hmm. a big deal yeah um guys you you shouldn't you shouldn't
0: be angry at somebody who mispronounces a word um because they probably learned it by reading
2: yeah, well, and it's uh, well. Not only that, but also uh, these are nonsense words <laughs> that were just irithel- made up. It's,
1: it's fantasy. Erythel Ir- would be like the most difficult Wheel of Fortune puzzle ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's like okay, I want an E, I want R T S L N E. one. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just, yep. we got
2: one. Go.
1: Um. Oh
0: gosh! So we defeated Yudix Gunder. Um, yes. uh, earning entry into the familiar, yet not too familiar, confines of Firelink Shrine, where we met our firekeeper and some old friends before building our central bonfire from scratch out of a sword, uh, which will serve as our link to the outside world.
2: Yes. Um, and yeah, and so we're heading to the, uh, once you use that bonfire, we go to Highwall of Lothric. Um, High Wall of Lothric surrounds the main city uh, and the castle of the kingdom of Lothric. And this is the place where all of the kingdoms of the Lords of Cinder are converging. Um, it is not uh, some of that language is really useful and intentional because they say <laughs> converging. It is a process. Mm-hmm. Um, this wall actually also appeared. It is not something that has always been here. So things uh, play tectonics. Like things are literally like when we talked about Dark Souls two being spacey wacy. Right off the <laughs> bat, we're we're knowing that Dark Souls three is spacier and wacier. Like the, the ground is literally shifting. Um, this wall is just a, is a heavy fortification. It's filled with hollow warriors and Lothric knights, uh, some of whom are touched by the abyss, uh, which we'll find similar to our, our Udux friend. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, we see evidence of a massive battle between these Lothric knights and the heretic, uh, heretic, uh, heretic, heretic? There you go, heretic. Yeah, uh, heretides yes. Harry, 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 Harry titties. Did, what? Oh, it the, means... the, uh, it's that kind of podcast, Jason. Welcome uh, to the, the Harry titties the drive time boys. with, <laughs> with J Dog and Coltrane. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the gas with J Dog and Coltrane with Harry titties wing knights
1: <laughs> no, on, no.
2: on their way to the uh the castle. Yeah. So. Uh, oh
0: gosh yes yeah, so this massive battle as we go there and uh so there there are a lot of comparisons to draw here between uh between 1-1 and in fact all of the Boletaria Palace um levels uh between those and uh and what we see of Lothric here so of of, of 1-1 and Demon Souls uh was this hollow army that was stalwartly defending their castle and that was kind of the theme of it um you know and that wasn't really an army at their height uh but still you know kind of had their shit together the high wall of Lothric is kind of this scraps of a defending force, making this kind of haphazard and disorganized last stand almost.
2: Sure. Yeah. And and that, uh, that quoting of, of one, one is going to continue. So like anytime we see Lothric in this game, it is specifically Boletaria based, like as kind of a, a nice little echo. Um I don't think I'm not saying like in the lore, this actually is Boletaria. I'm just saying <laughs> that there are a lot of little individual scenarios and, Bits of geography and stuff that are sp- explicitly meant to recall uh, the world one yeah. of Demon Souls, which is great because it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm, I'm way into that.
0: And even the kind of geographic structure of this is similar to 1-2, uh, to because we are mm-hmm. kind of proceeding on different levels of this, of the same wall, until we can find a way kind of down to ground.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the way we get here is really interesting, uh, because we don't warp to a bonfire here, no. uh, which is going, which is tugging at the corners of my mind of understanding where Firelink exists <laughs> uh, in space, and we'll we'll talk about that a lot later in the season. But you know, when we talk about convergy wordy spacey wastiness like that's possibly this is significant. Um, we warp into this little shrine room uh, that has this uh, Lord vessel and another coiled sword in it. Um, so we don't yeah we don't walk here we don't teleport between bonfires we teleport to this room.
0: Yes. Um, And then we kind of like open up this door um, from this warp room that has a like a grate on the floor, I assume, in case uh, in case any sewage falls onto a bonfire. Um, (laughs) But We open this door um, and we step out to an amazing view looking kind of straight up at Lothric Castle uh, with its two level bridge that really reminds me like this is Bloodborne as fuck um mm-hmm. and uh, you can kind of look backward and see uh, kind of these mountains uh a similar kind of mountainscape that we saw you know uh from the cemetery and the shrine um but there's kind of this large area that is kind of shrouded in this dark mist
1: yes and i, where, I where... lo- love that there's they they do the behind door number two kind of reveal because when you like appear at a bonfire in an area where it's it's already presented you know just the the simple act of, of tucking it behind A door that's going to to creak open and and reveal that in a in a slow you know kind of tease of a reveal it just (laughs) it makes the experience of like like sort of unwrapping a gift like rather than than just having the presents that are laid out on a table when you show up to the to the party like yeah um so i loved i loved that experience of of coming through you know coming through the door and and then letting my eyes adjust like coming out of the vault and like fallout three something well,
0: like that. When you exactly when you when you warp to the small room it could be anywhere. There could hmm. be anything on the other side of that door. Um and when you step out to know kind of specifically that you're at you're in one of the highest points of the world mm-hmm. is
2: it, it, it put me a little bit off my balance the first time that I played. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, this game loves it's I mean Souls games love opening a door slowly. I don't yeah. think another game in the series uses it, uses it as well as this one does. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens a lot, and it happens so often that, like, speedrunners of this game, uh, they quit <laughs> out of the game during the door opening animation to, <laughs> uh, to restart the game and have the door open. So, like, it happens a lot. It is a time-saving strat to not watch these uh, animations, but I, like, drink them in, like, every oh, single yeah. time it happens. Oh, yeah. Um, because I know they're showing me something afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a framed picture that it, the game wants me to see. You know, and and I just I really love the way this is handled. Not least of which because those can you know possible considerations to kind of the cosmology that we'll we'll kind of talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the fact that it may be significant the times that you don't uh, teleport to a bonfire in this game. Um, but it is it is a beautiful beautiful scene. The sky is just this like ridiculous like sickly angry kind of orange yeah. um, thing. It reminds me of um, tornado weather. Yeah, uh, from from my my home state. Like you'd come out <laughs> sometimes and be like, "Oh, like this looks. I look like I walked into hell. Like we're gonna get a tornado."
0: Yeah, um, it's the you know, it's yeah. the heavy cloud cover with uh in the mid with the midday sun reflecting back up into the atmosphere onto the mm-hmm. clouds. Yeah, and under that sky, we step down to kind of this platform on you know on top of this tower, um, alongside the wall, and get ourselves kind of situated at this bonfire, uh, which is surrounded by two things that are going to be not just fairly ubiquitous in this area. Uh, but ubiquitous throughout kind of the first half of the game um the first of which are these kind of large empty kind of plain chairs um and these bodies that uh at first appear to be kind of skewered on the trees or kind of crucified on them um but instead uh when you, on, upon closer inspection it kind of looks like the trees are growing up through them in a real deadly
2: premonition kind of way and all I, these good... they're they're kind of combined i think that they i think they are mm-hmm turning into trees i think that this is a person taking root Hmm. here like if you if you look closely at the seams like there's not puncture marks Hmm. of them and their their legs kind of seamlessly move into the 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 base of these things yeah either way it's a horrifying
0: merging and transition
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh for sure Yeah, i mean the first thing i thought of was was the painted world actually like where you have the the bodies on spikes um but then all of a sudden, I felt like there was this this element of, like you know, Dark Souls two Dark Souls 2's obsession with with kind of trees and roots and uh, and you know even the kind of giant you know these giant trees like that you're that you end up sort of time traveling with kind of yeah. later in the piece and
0: the, the the giant corpses that turn into the watcher trees that we saw Fire yeah, uh,
2: exactly. uh, Firelink.
1: Exactly. So So, the idea of kind of humanoid trees and it's there's a there's a nice little history and.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Like tree turning into a plant as a source of corruption is a is a soul's thing, Mm -hmm. and as just kind of a theme. So we have the giants. We also have uh, Aldia, who's very tree-like, and this entire area as we get further down and then later areas in the game are going to have this overgrown like, root structure growing over everything. Yeah. Um I don't know what this means yet. <laughs> uh I associate
0: it with uh with Izalith and chaos um mm-hmm. and kind of with what Aldia did to kind of merge chaos forces and abyssal forces.
2: I the the uh but I'm not, I'm not totally sure what um what you mean by Aldia merging those two. Um but I don't think it's chaos in this game. Hmm. Um and the reason being with what we find out about chaos later. Hmm. Um, in this game, but the so I don't actually know I don't know what it is. Um, I don't think it's that, but we can we can. I don't want to get too far into spoiler territory. (laughs) Um, When we get to the point in which you know, I I think that why I think it's not that, we'll we'll talk about it then. And in the meantime, myself or someone else could figure out exactly what's going on. All right. With these guys, Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think of it as that. At the very Um,
0: moment, though, it 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 feels if it feels reminiscent of that idea of overgrowth. Oh, sure. Like
2: when I was first here, that was what I thought too. So, like, if I put myself in my first run through. Without the I, I think that I thought that as well. I was thinking either LDS stuff um, or or the chaos. And like it is regardless of which is terrifying. Like mm. it, it looks really, really creepy. Like I just before this, I just watched the um the first season of True Detective and finished that up, which has a lot of like people being kind of intertwined with trees as well mm. in a terrifying way. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. It's so su- super, super creepy. Um and the chairs are gonna be important too, um, more a little bit later. Than we were at here. Um, but we, so we have our bonfire, and then we can take a right path or a left path. And we'll take the right path first because it dead ends pretty quickly.
0: Yes, uh, dead ends very quickly into um, kind of this uh, this kind of combat platform. Where we're introduced to some of the basic enemies of this area uh, these hollow warriors, which are the first ones we've seen, dogs, which are kind of a returning thing, and then these kind of interesting guys, these hollow worshippers who are non aggressive.
2: Mm hmm. Until well, some of them will become aggressive yeah. because there's also these uh these guys. I don't think one comes over here.
0: No, no, it's uh, over on
2: the left path. I make a note of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But these guys can be uh kind of traps. There's also a big hollow warrior. Yeah. As well, who shows up here. So there are the regular ones and there's a gigantic axe man.
0: Yeah. And these are uh going to very quickly uh be far more aggressive than anything you've seen so far outside of Udick's gunder.
2: Yeah, these little mini-gunders. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Um, Until the explicit mini-gunder that we see at the far end. So when we get this puss of man up on this other uh, kind of tower platform, uh, this was a huge surprise to me. And uh, uh, it made me think that it was going to happen far more often, and I wasn't sure how I felt about that.
2: Oh, me too. (laughs) Because I I think these things are hard to fight, and I think they remain hard to fight.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they're so they're incredibly aggressive and and they're just they're just enormous like they're it's it's very hard to like the the standard evasive maneuvers that you can you can perform to get out of the way of attacks like yeah. it it just feels like his big gelatinous <laughs> kind of body is just everywhere you're trying to. <laughs> everywhere you're trying to be to get away from him you yeah. know that's
0: there <laughs> they're very oddly shaped as well so to, to describe what we're talking about um you'll remember how uh gunder kind of exploded with this uh i called it a uh, like a tyrannosaurus rex made out of like abyssal poop um and uh, uh the same thing happens here so like twice in this area and we're going to talk about the other one later uh just kind of some of these hollow peasant worshiper kind of people when you kill them or when you do, do damage to them they will explode like a resident evil 4 las Plagas. This and kind of turn into a mini boss um and attack you and you know it's it's a very similar fight uh to uh to yudix gunder has the same kind of arm has the same weird shape and kind of the same uh um both hit, uh
2: like level of hit points and also like a, a weakness to fire as well i i was really demoralized when i had the same thought you had that these were gonna keep showing up because i have the same problem with these that i have with grundle Plus, where like <clears throat> the the hurt box is hard to make out yeah Like, I don't know which part of these things is going to hurt me, you know, and it's hard when you're when you're up close, your screen is just kind of filled with venom slime and it's hard to know when an attack is being telegraphed and the like. So my strategy for this whole area just became to through trial and error, find out which one of these guys were going to transform because there's only a couple of them. And then just make sure I kill them before they transform. Yeah. Um, This one is set up specifically to punish that, though, because he's next to a crossbowman. (laughs) So you're meant to not rush in. You're meant to approach the crossbowman you know, cautiously and then have this guy explode into a puss of man, uh, which is rough.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I was, t- and- I was talking to, a, sorry, I was talking to a colleague today who was talking about his first experience with, with dark souls. And he, he was just saying it, he felt like the game was, was so boring when he first played it because there was this, this, you know, shield raised and we're kind of doing the Mexican standoff kind of circle. And, and it was so, so methodical, like hyper methodical in a way. And, um, and, and you see some of that in the in this stage where, you know, you have the very standard uh, kind of souls face offs um, where you're sort of picking your your window. Uh, but this this enemy type like was just such a wonderful counterpoint to that because it was so completely unpredictable and erratic. <laughs> and it and so it, it it kind of blows up that template and, and gives this very colorful you know, counterpoint to that, which I, which I really mm-hmm. liked
0: yeah i mean surprise is delightful in these games even if it does end up you know punishing you like you know to be caught off guard and to come back to it with that new
2: knowledge um, yeah i i came to peace with these things when i started treating them like a an encounter to be considered as opposed to something that could just happen constantly <laughs> yeah uh you know i was like yeah. this won't it,
0: even fit in most of the hallways that i know are going to be in this kind of game
2: yeah how do these guys get around how did you go to work um but uh luckily it's it, it's actually used intentionally. It like climbs it is into not a friend's
1: a... Camaro and just like <laughs> instantly transforms, we'll, we'll and just be re- like, like an airbag going off by accident <laughs> or <into> something. <laughs> I
0: mean, they, they, they retract into their sheath, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a. Are you saying it's like a horse's dinger?
0: <laughs> yep. Like what has an enemy? Yeah, like when you, when you uh, nail a shot in horseshoes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. It's just like that. That's what Gotta I'm talking bring, about. I'm in my sheath. Um, <laughs> like the sheath was made for me uh so your your reward is if you fight him um you get an ember uh and also the longbow is over here yes you can pick that
0: up without fighting this guy so you can make a suicide run uh from fairly early on to get access to uh to uh you know range range weaponry if you have mm -hmm. the decks for it um that's a pretty high requirement um also if you defeat this guy uh it's access to a very early titanite shard uh, yes. which, you know, Andre can use those right away. You don't have to find a blacksmith ones right there in your home. So that can yeah. give you uh, an early edge as well.
2: And and to be a, a just a, so Titanite shards, the regular ones are around, like we found one of those in the opening tutorial area as well mm-hmm. on top of that coffin. So they're not that hard to find. So getting them is still useful because they've also upped the requirements. It's really weird. I feel like you get twice as many Titanite shards, but it mm-hmm. takes twice as many to upgrade. Yeah. Now it feels like a net you know net wash it's really strange so you do want to collect as many as you can because even finding one doesn't mean you can upgrade anything yet you need to find two to upgrade to a plus one yeah um if you go down from here it's a dead end this is a one-way shortcut that you're going to come to later um so it is uh eventually this is going to be our boss run yeah but for now uh we head off to the left path yes uh to a path that overlooks um just a straight up dead wyvern Wyvern? Uh, Wyvern. Yeah. I love this because (laughs) did you guys think this was gonna come to life and and breathe fire? Oh
1: god. Absolutely. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's so good. It's like it is so dread inducing. I think
1: I did like a running sort of R2 leap strike onto onto the head and like felt like I'd I'd just like bitch slapped a bookcase or something. Like it was it was just it just was a very unsatisfactory kind of plunk. (laughs) If this is gonna Uh, happen, it's gonna happen on my terms.
0: (laughs) exactly
1: exactly
2: well and it's it's a good time for it too because you have like nothing to lose Mm -hmm. you know it's it's right there um here here's where we start seeing the worshiping hollows with more context as well Mm -hmm. um because here they are worshiping those trees they're worshiping the the hollows that are turning into trees um and then we're going to see up at this dragon this is getting ahead of us a little bit but they're explicitly worshiping this dead dragon Mm -hmm. some of them down here are doing it but upstairs they actually have chairs set up to just Sit and watch the dragon rot. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, our, it's our duck window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's what they it's what they do instead of uh, watching uh, Cutthroat Kitchen is they just sit there and watch this dragon turn to ash slowly. Oh my
0: gosh, that Alden Brown he angries up the blood.
2: Yeah, he's, just he's let them cook. A, <laughs> he's such a low key figure. <laughs> um, there was a I was watching. This is a digression. I was watching like that show is kind of you know Houseboy Fever has <laughs> struck or that show that the oh, have, but, Well, they added Cutthroat new Kitchen they added and new for- episodes to Netflix. <laughs> We're, we've been watching it, uh-huh. and there was one where like there was something clearly wrong with Elton Brown. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody like lost an auction at the end, and he's like hovering over them, just being you know his little impish like Loki like <laughs> figure. And he goes, "I want to make you feel bad for being cheap. You could have won this." <laughs> and he, he says, it "Just he's like squeezing the words out, and it, it, it makes no sense." Like, are you like you are having a weird day, Elton? Yeah, Brown.
0: he was waiting for some test results.
2: <laughs> I want to make. Cheap. like it's, it sounds like a fucking frank booth like, just uh, like, it's,
0: uh, yeah it's a great it's, show
2: it's, it is it is actually an elegantly designed game oh yeah while also being uh my favorite trash tv oh yeah right now it's really good <laughs> um, anyway,
0: but yeah, they're 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 sitting there watching watching these dragons. uh But they can be awakened. They can be kind of be activated by these the dragons. Uh, no, the, yeah, the hollows. No. Yeah. no, the hollows. Thank you for uh correcting my 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 nouns there. Uh, the the hollows can be activated by these kind of uh lantern
2: bell bearers, right? Yeah, these alarm clock guys. Yeah, they just come through and play some of the relaxing music from eco. I- 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 <laughs> and get everyone to wake up and and, uh, and, and attack. And the uh, so you want these guys are high priority target once you know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can kill them, then the other hollows just won't wake up, and they are just non aggressive. You can just stab them in the back or let them worship as they they see fit because it's fucking America, <laughs> um, you know. Or or you can you can stab them in the back because it's fucking America. <laughs> yeah. uh, either or. But what's
0: uh, what what's kind of great is you know they'll they'll come up. Uh, it feels like it's kind of triggered to approach the, uh, the the platform when you're halfway through it. Um, especially after like knowing that you oh, I'm just gonna disregard these guys because they're non aggressive. And then when they activate everybody, they kind of converge on you. Like you're surrounded, yeah. like right away. They kind of create ambushes out of things that are hiding in plain sight, um both visually yeah. and mechanically.
1: Yeah, I was they're surprised cool. at the at the number of, of those, those idle you know, targets, I suppose. Um uh, because it, it's so unsatisfying to to like you know hack hack down <laughs> just this this idle you know piece of unthreatening you know meat like you know it just <laughs> it it felt like I don't know working on working on the killing floor like like the idea of like killing the cows that sort of march through there's you're not like you know some fetid warrior you know like <laughs> you're you're just kind of zapping like very mindlessly and and so I, it felt like a surprising design choice. To be honest, uh, I felt like, wow, this is actually adding, like, tedium into into this <laughs> into this progression through the stage because you know, there's there's no real mindfulness to how how you approach. I mean, aside from like actually wanting to you know remove that activating you know, bell ringer, but but in, yeah. uh, in many other places there there's there isn't a bell ringer. There there's just just guys you know hanging out yeah it's yeah it's pretty
0: it's pretty unsatisfying to kill them you're right like it it feels like the like the first third of the stage is made up of you know like okay remember when you killed that hollow banging his head against the wall for fun right um it wasn't really a challenge to it but you know there he is you're gonna do it it feels like that and i you know i kind of felt bad about it because mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of like, uh like you know, the the opening scene of the Gunslinger, where that priest like makes all the town townspeople go crazy and attack Roland. Like, there's no joy in this. <laughs> like, right. none of them did anything to deserve it, aside from being like agitated to attack.
1: But because yes. you get souls from it, there's this kind of brain, <laughs> like you know, it's must. such a paltry amount, though. It's
0: not even worth the <laughs> it's, risk. It's I it's I like know. bending down to pick up a penny.
2: Yeah. It is exactly, is exactly like bending exactly down to pick up. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> metaphor um yeah yeah it is it is weird. um, I think that they act as an as an environmental chaff more than anything, mm-hmm. like if they're not here for an ambush, it is just meant to show a sense of population and is tied into how I feel like games of this generation need to fill up every available space, <laughs> you know, so it's like it's just that this is there are tons of people tons of these hollows here, and they're all worshiping. it would be uh kind of undercut the the reverence and the fact that this is actually a thing like they're actually this is uh, an element of this world is that they do this worshipping if there were fewer of them mm-hmm. at the same time my desire to kill non-aggressive enemies in this game uh, overrides the fact that so I just can't just live and let live them because mm-hmm. they teach me not to with those uh, those alarm clock boys <laughs> yeah. so it, yeah. is, it is kind of contradictory yeah. ideas like if there were just tons of non-aggressive hollows here I think that can really work um, you know and it, it makes me think back to, uh, to Latria exactly uh, that's what I was going to say know, yeah, and and I think that's really cool. But the fact that they can just become aggressive for no particular reason, mm-hmm. uh, or not for no particular reason, but for no particular prediction, you know, you don't know when these things, the alarm clocks are going to come out, um, does make me second guess myself and literally just murder everyone. Yeah. Um, luckily, they for most weapons they'll go down in one hit. Yeah. Uh, for most starting classes, so it just becomes literally reaping, and uh, <laughs> and it's not really satisfying, but at least it goes by quick. But I, I agree with you, Jason. It's kind of weird.
1: But it um, it does inject that like you know my uh my sort of preoccupation with you know the kind of the weirdness and and my fascination with religion and and, and souls has such a cool you know, sort of strange you know expression of of religion which Miyazaki mm-hmm. talked to us a little bit about mm-hmm. for the book um but uh yeah it you know having having all of these this sort of congregation of, of supplicants that does add a, a strange unsettling ceremony to a scene that would, would otherwise just be knights patrolling, you know, the high wall, which which yeah. would be very straightforward, but all of a sudden now it's got this weird <laughs> mystical element to it that yeah. it's, it's nice set dressing, you know? Yeah.
0: The, the fact that they're apparently civilians gives a, a strong signal that this is just kind of what life is now. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm and kind of
2: you know indicates we're we're pretty far down the line of entropy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. The um so going uh, when you get to the end of this hallway, if you go up to the top as we mentioned there are those chairs uh with the dragon. Um this is where you're going to get your binoculars. There's another alarm clock uh <laughs> warrior. And this is where you get a close look at the dragon and you see that it is actually uh sloughing off into ash. Yeah. Um so this is it's literally petrified or burnt to a crisp or somehow turning into ash in in a mystical Dark Souls 3 way that ashes is used <laughs> but it is it is ashes coming off of this this dragon yeah it's like off-gassing. Um, yes uh, which is interesting yeah. um there is a uh a way to kind of go in to go to the bottom through this little shortcut secret to get an item um which i think is another titanite shard um, like wait that, yeah. do you yeah. think
1: that like you know ash lake is presumably the ashes of of you know the everlasting dragons and it i wonder if this is a moment where you're actually seeing that that degradation process you know that that ended up becoming a beach you know uh, sort of a strand you know in in dark souls one I, I just yeah, it, it's like it's a, a side really, curiosity. I wonder. It's a, it's a super cool
2: idea that I, I that could be the case, but also there is a explicitly spoilery thing that I don't want to talk about <laughs> that makes me think that that is maybe not the case.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I, I believe so. My 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 personal pet feeling is that Ash Lake is called Ash Lake because of ash trees, specifically Yggdrasil, the world tree in Norse mythology, being an ash tree, and is- those uh, those trees rising up from the uh, from the very bed of that lake um yeah you know two presumably these other worlds um resembling ash trees
2: i see i always thought the beach and ash like was was dragon as well like i i actually i think that's true um you know i mean it could be an it could be both but i always but, thought that that was ash they were walking around not on sand hmm. um but uh for this game specifically i think that there might be something different going on with these dragons um yeah. Yeah. oh these are like these
0: are especially wyverns too
2: yeah Regardless of what these things are, once you get under them, um, there's this little uh, mess hall area down below where there are some more hollows. And we're, this is real classic. Like, somebody, I mean, I know we just wrote, you know, you just wrote a book on, on Dark Souls, but like you could literally do like a scene by scene analysis of all the opening areas of Dark <laughs> yeah. Souls games and the way that they can, because they're so good. Yeah. Like, uh, and this introducing, so we have like classic things we've seen before um, where it's like it's kind of dark, there's a guy hiding behind some some barrels some boxes there's a guy sitting on the floor but just the kind of the way that they introduce these elements time and time again in a really <laughs> kind of natural organic fashion and each game puts like a new kind of twist on them as well like it's really really great yeah um like souls have the first like or the best first levels like in <laughs> games like there's they're so good yeah um so th- there's not very much to this there's just two guys but they're introducing that like hey there's going to be guys hiding behind shit Um, and there's going to be guys who blend in the scenery and they just do it really, really well in one little room. (laughs) And specifically
0: the guy who's kind of sitting there holding his head, cradling his head there, uh, with his little hip life there, he is kind of drawing your attention. And as you go and probably like mercy, kill him or whatever, the guy from behind the, uh, the bookshelf slash barrels kind of like comes out and attacks.
2: Yeah. There's also a ladder here that has a little candle next to it, so it's, it's signaling you that. like, it's, it's just doing a lot of communication here. Yeah. Um, you can even head down. You're in another little section of wall, um, and then you head over to a, to a new area after this. <laughs> and uh, this articulates differently depending on which way you
0: decide to go, right? Because if you decide to stay on the low ground— Right, instead of going up to this kind of platform of hollows and bodies that you saw before, um, if you if you decide to take the 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 lower uh, path, you will fight some you know just kind of very like heavily fortified spearmen and uh, uh, crossbowmen, right? Yes. Um, and you know, uh, none the wiser, right? All the merrier.
1: And I love but... that there were, it, it wasn't <laughs> as straightforward a descent in this area because outside, while you were in the walls, you had this is very clear. You know that. You know, it's a staircase that's going to take you up or down or, yeah. or which, whichever way. But all of a sudden you're in this almost like this cylindrical barrel that, you know, there's whole sections of the floor missing. And all of a sudden you're trying to figure out where where do I drop down? Where, you know, what's yeah. the best way to proceed through this, this slightly, you know, hard to read, you know, kind of uh, kind of <laughs> passage.
2: Yeah. And once you once you leave there, I don't really even know where I'm at in relation to where I was before. I can imagine it from overhead, like like an articulation point, like an elbow, Are the, these towers. You know, yeah.
0: This is like a like a big like quarter circle
2: is what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I think that I'm not sure, totally sure if uh, this this next part though. When you leave and you have this little ambush here, I think the the thing happens, which I we're not avoiding spoilers, going to say it, <laughs> it right, right away. A dragon shows up. I think it shows up if you take the low path as well. Oh no,
0: I totally um, took the low path, and the the wyvern didn't. Uh, didn't like it attack. didn't show up at all. Nope.
2: Huh. Oh, I huh. thought it maybe was time based. Like maybe if you were there long enough.
0: Maybe it shows up. Yeah.
2: Um, um, like later,
0: like once you activate the wyvern, um, it will uh, be kind of just an ever present, you know, one, two, you know, area of effect uh, kind of flame attack. Uh, but uh, but if you never go up, I you
2: never activate the wyvern as far as huh. I can tell.
0: Yeah. That, I, this I, is, I did this not is over the course of two different characters, too.
2: Yeah, I, I had no idea. I thought he always came out. Maybe I uh stepped on the stairs or did something to trigger him mm-hmm. otherwise. Because I definitely used him to murder this this row of oh, like a yeah. half dozen <laughs> hollows.
0: Oh, it's it's a total pro strat because like yeah. if you played Dark Souls One, you know that, you know, mm-hmm. Dragonfire can kill these guys who might be giving you some trouble because this is this is very much it's your introduction to
2: That's, Spearmen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a thousand guys. <laughs> um this is I, this is very much uh, you know, the Hellkite Drake crossed with the one two or uh uh, actually, like the later Bolitaria dragons, yeah. like the ones you just have to run past their flaming thing. I think in mm-hmm. one three or one four. Um, but again, I was just like, "Oh, this is Bolitaria!" <laughs> like, um, because because a gigantic dragon comes through and lands, and there's a high road and a low road. Um, the dragon is explicitly guarding the high road. Yeah. Here. Um, so so, you can go- so my.
1: Sorry, my uh, yeah. my pet theory is that, like, that the design team sort of feels like these years later that they they have all of. The accumulated kind of experience, design experience, and and it's a way for them to actually go back and 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 remake, you know, that that same template, but with all of this new <laughs> new information, they feel like I could do a, so such a better. Like ten years from now, I'll feel like you know, oh, I should write another book about Dark Souls because <laughs> I, I'm just a better uh, a better writer now. I'll just you know trash that you know old one. Or I think <laughs> I think you talked in our interview about sort of sometimes toying with the idea of going back because you're better at you know putting together podcasts now and so you could do one that's that's smoother and more professional and and Mm -hmm. and whatever um so i feel like the returning to these themes is i don't almost like this the the perfectionist designer wanting (laughs) to have another yeah another another go because they feel like they've they can they've mastered you know some new thing that they can recreate it and in a more beautiful, like, perfect way. Yeah. Like, that's that's my kind of read on
2: it. Yeah, with these uh, these specific encounter designs, sure. Yeah, like, the, these uh, these actual just kind of revisiting new ideas. Because, like, Dark Souls has never, for a fantasy game, has never done dragons particularly well. And there are a couple of, like, exceptions. But on the general, I think that most dragons kind of suck. In Dark Souls, like, yeah. they're not very fun to fight. And they, they work best as this kind of environmental hazard. Yeah. yeah. Thing. And this is a really good articulation of it. Not least of which, because it's not... Uh, if you get hit by the fire, it's not instant death. Like if you block, you you won't die. And then even while the fire is on the ground, it's not instant death either. Like it just hurts. Right. Um, so you can still get around here. Um, it, it's best to go up first because it's going to loop down, um, and you can get some kind of stuff if if you just run straight up and run for the door, you can make it right away. Mm-hmm. Or if you wait for the dragon to calm down a little bit, yeah, and and run straight up and go through that door. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's good treasure on that bridge. Oh uh, yeah. that's where you're going to get a, a claymore. Mm-hmm. you're also gonna get a shitload of embers too yes yeah yeah from from so it's just kind of difficult to get but you can spend a little bit of time like shuttle running <laughs> and and getting that stuff but if you if you run up the thing and go into this room uh there is another just real Fucking kind of fuck you! <laughs> surprise yeah. going on here.
0: I love this so much. Yeah, I saw this and I just I couldn't stop laughing, and I haven't stopped laughing uh, to this day. I'm editing all of it out.
2: It's actually <laughs> a
1: sickness. Kill me, <laughs> kill me,
0: and my, <laughs> end, end this hell. Um, yeah. Jason, d- did you get trapped by the mimic here? Did you fall for it?
1: I. It was the first chest that I that you know I'd, I'd come to in the game, and I i just it stunk like it's it, <laughs> like it smelled so fishy like it smelled like a san francisco fish market like i i don't know i i yeah. i I sw- i went up to it and just chunked it with my sword like in like <laughs> within seconds like i knew that i i was i was 99 percent certain it was a mimic yeah I,
2: it, it, this one unlike every other mimic in this game and spoilers there are more mimics per capita in Lothric than any other Souls game. Like mimics are a really powerful voting block here. Um, the, uh, more floors, four more floors. Uh, the, uh... Would
1: you would you say it's it's almost mimic the way yeah. that the, the uh, they just proliferated so, much. so so. Let's repeat the adage because
2: it still holds true. Oh. No, I. It's so weird how often I use that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, it is the, so the the bonfire side chat mnemonic device of ch- chain curves in treasure within, chain curves out. Better watch out. <laughs> uh,
1: is is useful as hell in this it game. Is. Like, it is. Does it follow really, the exact really same pattern in this one? I didn't actually oh, God, yes. like study yeah. it to, to be sure, but that's so great. I, I didn't fall for it because of it, that. it would be so souls to switch it up, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it to like just have a good opposite way? Yeah, to, just I, would to actually,
2: I would actually be mad. Oh, that would yeah. be, yeah, uh, or yeah, if it was just the um, somebody a long time ago on Twitter when Dark Souls 2 was coming out said that the, the biggest uh troll that from could ever do. Would have your NPC that is your like solar level bro, mm-hmm. have him wearing a spike like helmet like law Trek, and have him introduced standing next to a cliff. <laughs> so like oh, you know players who know the series would kick oh. him off immediately, <laughs> and then uh, and have him actually be a good guy. But they like you know they don't they don't do that. <laughs> uh, this mimic, unlike every other mimic in the game, actually has a kind of a different color palette. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of like he glows a little bit. Like this yeah. guy stands out. um later mimics don't do this but this one at least are a little bit kind of being like we know we're fucking you over but like (laughs) you know we're gonna be a little bit chill about it something's Um, wrong here
1: he does he does significantly more damage i feel like than than the previous mimics because if he gets (laughs) if he grabs you like he'll he'll just munch on you just till you're dead like there's i was waiting for there's you know for that kind of predetermined point where he's going to sort of you know toss me to the ground with you know a, a you know a fraction of my health bar but he just he just keeps munching and munching and munching and then he's just like he's not dead yet i'm just I, i've got to keep going like i'm yeah so clean plate pl- plate meal. <laughs> it felt less forgiving yeah um, yeah exactly exactly
2: the uh yeah. they they are way harder in this game than they were previous yeah um i've died to mimics more in this game just fighting them yeah than i have in any than i died to mimics being eaten by mimics any other game this is
0: kind of spoilers oh. but they vary them up too there's both the uh the regular uh kind of mimics uh from dark souls mm-hmm. one then there are the exorcist mimics that uh yep. crab walk on the back of their
2: hands yeah yep. unfortunately no uh no third mimic i was expecting like a cartwheeling mimic or something <laughs> like that but- <laughs> um there's there's just both you know both kinds of mimics uh but they have tons of hit points they hit really hard that drop kick that they have has this crazy dead angle where like mm-hmm. if you're blocking and facing it it can still smack you in the back of the head <laughs> yep um or not the drop kick the uh, spin kick thing they're the kung yeah. fu mix that they do they, they're great like these guys these i, guys, I, I laugh
1: so much when i'm fighting them that their moves just look absolutely ridiculous this, yeah. this
2: is again underlying one of the themes this is a very funny game <laughs> um, <laughs> well just yeah. like the, the audacity to make your first chest what well, could be the first chest
0: that somebody finds because this is you know, a relatively kind of hidden area like if you're you know just kind of like whoa dragon i'm not going to go there but to make the fr- one of the first chests available in the game uh, a mimic is kind of just like it, it tells you something because correct me if i'm wrong the first mimic in dark souls one was uh in sense. sends yeah It's where you got the lightning spear yeah. Yeah. yeah and then two you know like it wasn't until uh like doors of pharaohs well i guess it you know depends because it's so non-linear but
2: um well there are traps in two but none of them are as lethal as mimics are right yeah so yeah this is this is very and then bloodborne which we shall never speak of because they got rid of mimics entirely which, <laughs> give me a break yeah gary um, gets bloodborne hashtag me. gary <laughs> gets bloodborne <laughs> well, I, I, did, I, I hate anything that doesn't have mimics in it. I was yeah. talking about True Detective earlier and I kept waiting for Woody Harrelson to open up his wallet and have it bite him. <laughs> this and, and it never happened. jaw. pissed me off. <laughs> like a Woody Harrelson mimic? Like you, th- <laughs> you, you think you paid for a meet and greet of the cast of Cheers and Norm just developed <laughs> <laughs> you?
0: if anybody if anybody from cheers is going to be a mimic it's going to be ted dancing with that forehead okay
2: Uh, it's probably just going to open up he's going to have a mouth above his eyebrows like a real ghostbusters toy um but but anywho uh if you can fight this thing or you can go get a uh, lloyd's talisman slash Uh, undead hunter charm undead charm yeah yeah um, you can actually just take the treasure from him, which is actually really great for this point in the game. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, it's a deep axe, which is a strength weapon, but a deep is a new infusion in this game. Yeah. It um, uh, serves as
0: kind of the same role as a, a cult.
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. how I read it. Yeah.
2: Yep. And getting that uh, this early is really great.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, um,
2: if you Lloyd's Talisman or
0: Undead Hunter charm uh, one of these things, be sure you stick around uh, for when it wears off because they
2: give a little yawn. It's amazing. It's they stretch really their cute. arms up in a big Y. And even if you want to kill them, um, using a charm, uh, you can use them in battle. Mm-hmm. So it'll make them go to sleep in the middle of a fight. You can also, if you make them go to sleep um, and, or hit them a bunch, when they're getting up, hit them with the charm. Mm-hmm. They have to go through all of those animations fully. They can't cancel out of anything. So if they're doing the yawn to... to go back to sleep, you can hit them during the entire time. It does not cancel their sleep. Oh, yeah. Once they go back to sleep, then they wake up. (laughs) So uh, the Undead Hunter Charms, like I ended up actually using them constantly just because they made Mimic fighting easier.
0: (laughs) Yes, and also because of so many Mimics.
2: Yeah, man, there's so many Mimics in this game. (laughs) Um, If you go the other way, the Downward Path, um, you fight that gauntlet of guys, and you're introduced to our first Red-Eye Knight. Yeah. uh, Our Lothric Knight, and these guys are tough. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to run we're, there's several of them unlike the puss of men these are tough encounters that there are a lot of mm-hmm. um, they're not as bad as the spear ones which are definitely the thing i had the hardest trouble with mm-hmm. in this area but the sword ones are still pretty pretty rough yeah i'm not sure but, if it's a weapon
0: stance or if it's a kind of a, a bespoke move for them but uh they can really get around your kind of circle stepping with these wide wide uh attacks that are meant to dissuade you from getting behind them
1: and they do that so they, ha- they, ha- they have the shield yeah yeah the shield, the shield swipe it 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 felt like it was deliberately tweaked to like come like to actually break off that kind of circle strafe. Like, Mm -hmm. because I'd, I'd find myself just very naturally kind of going into that, trying to slide, you know, circle strafe around for the, for the backstab. And, and it would just come out like at this perfectly inconvenient angle to knock me, to knock me out of that. And then you'd get guard broken or, or just lose, lose a huge chunk of your, your stamina. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, a, a bunch of enemies and bosses do this yeah um, the ones that have a shield have this like hey get get out stop <laughs> being behind me move yeah. um that is uh, i like better than i like just that every attack does a 360 mm-hmm. um, which exactly. is like how i felt bloodborne did yeah. it where like oh like almost all of these attacks just hit no 360 arc for not any particular reason um it doesn't look like they do but they do um in this at least it felt natural um and if you favor their sword arm they can't really hit you with it. Right. So if you if you want to fish for backstabs, you can still do it. You just have to be more mindful about it. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. If you get um, behind this guy, you go into another tower here, and up on
0: top of this is a new bonfire. Uh, the yes. tower on the wall, uh, which uh, introduces us to a new NPC. Not so much here in the world, but actually back at the shrine. Uh, this yes. guy named Leonard of uh, uh, sorry Leonard the Ringfinger, who is associated yes. with a faction that we're going to find later. But he really he's a uh, he, he's pushing the red eye orbs on you.
2: Yes, we, we, and we can talk about the beginning of his quest yep. uh, now because it, it makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, he, he's down at the NPC. He says, like, hey, you, you probably want to go invade and pillage. Uh, here are some cracked red eye orbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, this allows you to invade right in the area. They're giving that to you right away, um, which is cool. And you get five, which is fairly generous. Yes. Um, if you go and you invade and you kill somebody, you get, uh, you get an ember, and then you get a pale tongue. Um and if you go back and talk to, to uh, talk to the ring finger with a pale tongue in your inventory, he says, Listen, I'm sure you want an uncracked red eye orb. Here's how you're gonna get it and he gives you a lift key. <laughs>
0: yep. So
2: beneath this
0: bonfire is a door that is locked, and behind this door is an elevator down to a chamber that is full of uh, what could either be bodies of these Lothric Knights or just their empty suits of armor. And we're going to see a bunch of them later, but uh, the primary feature is this is a gigantic circular uh, kind of jail
2: cell that has just a straight-up Dark Souls 1 Dark Wraith inside of it. Yes, and and we just talk for a second about—so I think these are bodies because it's supposed to be the Dark Wraith being a badass—this approach— he looks so cool he's facing away <laughs> yeah and just uh, this, surrounded by bodies it's like it's really anime but in a way that's cool <laughs> uh if that makes sense yeah uh, cool anime does. gary yeah, yeah. gary butterfield says anime yeah, is cool
0: yeah
1: yeah put it on the back of the <laughs> box for all the enemies put, putting a y yeah. on the end of the word anime and then trying to pronounce it is is a trick in its offense yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um (laughs) Um, little diuresis on there. Yeah.
2: He he looks amazing. And in keeping with the theme of like enemies coming back but being a thousand times harder, uh dark wraiths are much harder to fight now. They're way more aggressive. They have an expanded moveset, they do a lot more damage. Um so this is for really dedicated people who want to invade right in the first area uh and be a dick. Like you have to really earn it uh to become a dick wraith this early on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's not as much of a level of earning it as uh, Dark Souls 1 where you had to, no, you no, know, I had so, to like, soul level the game. Yeah, 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 where you had to, yeah, sequence break it. Um, but it's still like right here in the first area. Um, yeah. and if you can decode the strange way that uh, NPC quest lines, the majority of them work. Uh, you have access to that. And that is of course uh kind of offset by the number of factions that are meant to dissuade you from doing that.
2: And and comparatively, this NPC quest line, at least up to this point, is pretty straightforward. Oh yeah, um, we are going to see some Byzantine fucking shit <laughs> later. Uh, but this, at least, um, you know, he tells you to go invade. If you do and you succeed, mm-hmm. then the next step is unlocked. He's even back in the same place where you found him before up by uh, you know, the wall th- th- yeah, You mean yeah? He didn't arbitrarily disappear. <laughs> um, this
1: is the closest we're ever going to get to the to so the quest log and the and the sort of blinking <laughs> yellow yellow arrow and, yeah. <laughs> in, in the Soul series
0: yeah um but this is great because he has uh the phantom shield and he has a uh, he'll he'll grab you and try and uh absorb
2: make it make out with you yeah yeah, yeah. It, and he has a this uh, less sensual move this time
0: he's got this uh like kick move on it which i think yeah. is a weapon art
2: from uh from his sword hmm yeah, yeah. I've, I've not got i have not picked up that sword yeah. before apparently it's good yeah but uh but i've not used it. i have had their mask drop which mm-hmm. is is because of the fidelity of this generation, is even grosser and creepier. I love it. Like you look like a real like crypt keeper <laughs> when you wear that mask. Like, sorry, that laugh was all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, hmm. uh, so, but if if you don't go into doing that, which I don't necessarily recommend at this level because it's very really tough, but mm-hmm. this is for later playthroughs where you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, we're not working. You know, we we'll talk about PvP later in the season. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, also, the
0: tavern. Oh
2: yeah. no, no. Also in this tower we have uh, these assassin
0: undead who are going to mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, kind of take a uh, take a uh, uh, cherry tap you from the dark with their uh, yeah. with what they're throwing uh, they're throwing stars or throwing knives.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh yeah, so we can uh kind of go uh further down here too. So these guys, it's kinda nice, they're compressing space, they're kind of taking the uh berg and the lower berg and kind of doing it all in one area. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good because they know they can do that because it's a later game in the series. Yeah. Um, you go further down and there is a room uh, explicitly from Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah. um, the room in like 2-1 that has the uh, fire barrels and the uh, fat official yep. is here with just a different hollow. But it's like the exact same layout and everything. <laughs> it's the exact same trap.
0: Yep. And he throws um, his firebomb and it will destroy you. Yeah. He floods the That's chamber. Dumb. It's great.
2: Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, on the other side of that, you get a, uh, a mail breaker. Yeah. Yeah. If you're deciding to, uh, to do decks, and beyond
0: that is, uh, is an NPC uh, who we can't uh, speak to yet. It's behind a, uh, a locked door, and we're going to get that yes. key a little bit later.
2: Yes, great rat. Uh, yeah. But we will talk about him later. And the Mail Breaker is not a good weapon. The yeah. uh, Sorcerer starts with it, and it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it has really, really good counter damage. So if you can do back plat- backstabs or, or parries, it's good. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it is not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so let's head up instead we go up um, <laughs> and uh, we go to the rooftop area
0: here yes out the uh, the middle of the tower again we're, we're, we're down one level from the very high wall that just appeared one day um, and we're looking onto kind of this little platform that is uh, taking us onto the rooftops but before that we have some uh, hollows worshipping this dead wyvern. Um, and it feels like they're bait almost by this point. Cause you're like, okay, well, I'm going to take them out. That's going to be fine. And instead we have an undead warrior coming up from the, uh, from the ladder. And we
2: have an assassin who jumps up over the wall to attack you while mm-hmm. you're getting this. Yeah. Um, and then further, there are more of these guys worshiping the uh, tree hollows. Um, one of which turns into this of man yeah and they give you fire bombs right there. Like they're trying to be kind of kind. Um, <laughs> the best way to take these things out is if you can kill them before they transform, uh, which is what I ended up doing. I did not fight them as Pusses of Man until mm-hmm. a little bit later. I just they transformed, I would fight them and then something happened and I got killed. Mm-hmm. And then I would come back and just like, okay, that's a high priority target. I need to kill that guy before he can yeah. and kill himself. To, I actually uh...
1: wanted to I wanted to ask you guys a question about the about the guys that are climbing up the walls. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I felt like there was this like you get this interesting uh, sort of cast system, like where like on the high wall, like you have some of these la- lavish kind of design elements you see have like tapestries and the walls and things and then, but you know, that there's an undead settlement below that is presumably kind of the lower caste of society. And, and so it felt like seeing, I, I was imagining those, those guys who were sort of climbing up over the walls and, and sort of scaling the walls that I, I imagined it almost being like this sort of peasant revolt that they had, <laughs> like learned how to kind of ascend up and over the walls to like mount kind of uprisings like to sort of come up to the higher um to the higher station like you know sort of area of 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 this world that it was i don't know i'm sure I was kind of you know reading more into it mm-hmm. maybe than it was than it was there but it it had this this really nice tone of like the them sort of rising up from the undead settlement mm-hmm. below to like to try to exact some kind of retribution on the on the, on the kind of soldier class, like the more yeah. more reputable kind of elite like strata of this of this area
0: they're definitely more opportunistic and they don't fit in with who we know should be manning this, especially because we're going through barracks and mess halls and things like that. Um, the fact that they're attacking you, I don't, I don't know what that says. Um, and we never see them attacking um, any of the Lothric people, uh, but they may yeah. just be, you know uh, you know, fighting against whatever system there is. And you're the only system
2: there is. Yeah. What, what do you want to rebel against? <laughs> well, who have you got? Yeah. Well, I got, I, I got <laughs> this, this assassin. Who, who's who's yeah. dead. And okay. I'll take them. The, uh Yeah, I like that idea a lot, and we do see tend to see them in the lower area. So if they were, if they lived here at any point, if they actually did fulfill a, a function rather than coming from the um, the village from down below, like it's a lower function. Yeah. You know, so it is. Uh, they don't tend to be up in the in the higher areas, and they don't show up at all when we actually get to the boss area where there are churches and beauty. Um, yeah. We don't get these scrubs at all. It's all knights mm-hmm. and uh, and guy. You know, guys with crossbows. Yeah. So I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this uh, this puss of man, which is another puss of man fight, it feels like a mini boss, but again, you can kind of avoid it. Yeah.
0: Um, there's a there's a lizard here, the first
2: normal sized crystal lizard we've seen, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he has a really good chance. I don't know if he always does, but he has a very good chance of dropping a raw gem. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool like little touches um, that Dark Souls three does, I think this does the ember kind of upgrade system, other than the weird doubling requirements and doubling drops things. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it? about as good as any game in the series does and one of the ways they do that is giving you raw infusion right off the start yeah because raw, that's the only time it's going to be useful yep like getting a raw gem here is actually super significant because <laughs> if you're a, a caster or if you're going to play any class where your weapon's not going to scale with your stats yep uh go ahead and raw that shit and yeah. you're going to do significantly more damage it's gonna be great or just pick a uh pick a throw weapon
0: and uh yeah. you know
2: use that yeah, and just and just go to go to town and it's gonna be very helpful. Whereas before Raw was kind of a joke infusion, like weirdly, almost everything you can infuse is is worthwhile now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even there's like a luck based infusion and it's valid. <laughs> like there's there's a reason to mm-hmm. have a luck based, you know, a, a hollow infused is what it's called, but having a hollow infused weapon is useful. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like bleed works, <laughs> poison works, like everything is good. Yeah. Now my, my second playthrough is really bleed heavy, and bleed is amazing. Oh, yeah, in
0: this game. um more valid more valid builds equals better than
2: yeah and and if they finally patch in actual like sorcery viability Mm -hmm. as opposed to the weird half measure they did like we're golden you know yeah um even after the patch like my lightning spears do 96 damage or something like that it's not (laughs) worth it um (laughs) but the uh and and, and, but my my uh bleed spell does you know bleeds people in one hit Mm. so like bleed is still great um yeah yeah bleeds ridiculous my my faith dex build um You, we get this little view down here where we can look down onto the square that is just filled with bodies. Yep. <laughs> this is an amazing set piece that we're going to talk about when we get a little closer to it. Where
0: mm-hmm. you get but there. It, it's, it's wonderful. Pretty quick. And we can get there right away. Like, there's a, there's a path to a ladder we can take down to a balcony. Um, but we can take this detour through these barracks. Uh, for yes. Kind of like a, it's, a, it's a pretty dense kind of coil of set pieces that we can get to that kind of starts off with this open-air viewing area that has a red-eye night and, uh, in a decidedly more kind of uh, cluttered environment. Mm-hmm. Like you're in these yeah. tables and stuff like that
2: It's it's worth going through here because you get a couple Of really significant pieces of treasure but guarding That is the first Lothric knight that uses a spear Yeah and I don't know if you guys have The same problem I had a really tough time with these guys On uh, my first time through um, I, This probably killed me more These guys killed me more than the boss did
0: Jason Let us know Like uh, did the sky view give you trouble?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean I, I definitely found the the range, you know, problematic. Um uh, because I was playing a on my I have a, a ritual where my, my first playthrough is always, you know, just a, a big beefy dude with, with a giant sword. So like playing with that slow roll and it was just it was very easy to get skewered. Um or just find yourself unable to 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 find that evasive out, like if you need to need to roll out of the way of, of an attack. So yeah, I did I did find him it was a bit of a a bit of a pain yeah. just a, just a lot of stamina uh, on these guys
2: and yeah. i could they have a like a really really quick recovery for that so if i could kick their their shield out of the way um you know which i had to do first of all i've always found spears hard to parry oh yeah um just because of how the they telegraph their move. spears and halberds i think are very hard to parry yeah. um but i kick their shield out of the way um they would be stunned for a second and then immediately counterattack Like, in the middle of my chain of attacks, like, they have poise, and as we'll talk about at the end of the game, uh, I don't, (laughs) or at the end of the episode. So, like, once they did that, it was very easy for them to chain combo me in the middle of me chain comboing them. Yeah. You know? So, I just, I found this guy really, really tough. Like, this ended up being, weirdly enough, in this first area, the hardest encounter for me. Oh, wow. Like, I had a harder time with him than the the
1: ween. Yeah. And the blue eyes, Then the blue eyes, nice kind of... Yeah, the guy, the the guy later...
2: Yeah. yeah wow. Or the or the or the, or the uh, wing knight, like the wing knight, I did not have as much of a hard time with.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. I just I didn't. Yeah. I'm not trying to like pull rank or whatever. What, you know, whatever you yeah. would call that. I just uh, it didn't give me any more trouble than the other right. And that, I that we
2: fought. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Um, something yeah. about about my play style makes me weak to these guys and <laughs> and strong to other things. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's souls.
1: Yep. Uh,
2: tears tears for spears yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tears for spears <laughs> everybody wants to rule war- world one one
0: yeah <laughs> so so behind this uh this red eye spear knight is uh, uh i can't tell if it's a mess hall or if it is a uh, like an armory almost it's like uh, this... there's
2: there's food there's like a couple cook pots yeah yeah so it's i think it's another eating zone <laughs> A bunch of hungry hungry boys. It's uh, it's, it's a Taco Bell pizza. <laughs> so it's a Wingstop for the for the wing wing nights. Yep. Uh, yeah. They love to go. They love going to Wingstop.
0: <laughs> but uh, but yes, this is a uh, kind of kind of like a big, tall, dark area, um, and uh, there there are two ways you can get at this. If you kind of notice this uh, this, this narrow walkway off to the right, you can uh, go through some debris
2: and get to uh, a very early Astora straight sword. Which is which is not as strong as right. it was in Dark Souls One. Which it wasn't great in Dark Souls One. It's kind of a noob trap, but like, <laughs> it was it was still decent. It's yeah. good here though, if you have the faith for it. Like this is a great weapon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It uh, it ceases to be a key to a whole new area. Like the Astora Straits was one of the easiest ways to uh, get through the catacombs on scale. Yeah, get a
2: blessed weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you can, you know, you'll be able to bless weapons earlier in this game than you could uh, in previous games. Yeah. Um, um, there's also a, a Silver Eagle Kite Shield here, which has which very high huge. physical defense. Great. Wait. Well, yeah. It has 100 percent physical which most classes don't start with. right? Um, so it's really, really great to get this right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's also um, something that I found out uh, since I was fucking around with shield infusions is that uh, it can be infused, whereas a lot of shields can't. Mm. Um, out of all the shields I have, most of the ones I would want to use cannot be infused. And uh, infusing it lowers its physical defense, but there are two infusions that give you passive regen. Oh, shit! Sure. Um, blessed and simple. Uh, blessed regen your health. Simple regen... Uh, regenerate your fp so having a just a even as a second shield having a uh, a simple shield yeah that will regen your your fp is useful for when mm-hmm. you're just running around and you don't need a, a physical block wow i had no so. idea you could bless shields yeah or not bless but you know infuse you just can't do it for very many so it's it's easy to to miss yeah um and there's a huge downside to doing it but it is good for <laughs> a backup weapon yeah or just um, a
0: shield to keep on your uh on your back
2: yeah exactly yeah, if you're exactly, two-handing it, two-handing. yeah. You're too handing it either, and you don't want to use the grass crust shield. If you rather rather than having stamina regen, if you'd rather have a different kind of regen, that's an option. That's awesome. Uh, the way that when you get down here, there's a lot of these gigantic undead with with axes and halberds and the like, and several dogs. This is a tough encounter, um, and you're encouraged to kind of pick people off from up on on top with fire bombs and the like. Um, but once you finally clear it out, uh, you get an Estus shard, mm-hmm. which is huge. Again, this is the even though you don't have to go this way, it is a shortcut that's very good. Um, and then you get a key that's really important to yes. that cell that we mentioned back then with Gray Rat. Yes, who is a thief who
0: was imprisoned here. And uh, he asks you to go on an errand for him. He wants you to deliver a blue uh, blue tearstone ring to his friend slash uh, maybe, maybe a significant lady. Just uh, somebody who Yeah, so, yeah. somebody who knows. Somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. L- uh, Loretta. He wants you to find her at the at the base of the high wall. Yes. Um, Here's a trash item.
2: You throw it away. (laughs) Um, Here's a ring you you'll never want to use. Um,
1: Yeah, Uh, it was an engagement uh, ring.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. That makes it sad. Like it's
0: for uh, sale. Engagement ring never used. The second saddest story ever told. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um uh, you know, so like a lot of NPCs that you meet out in the world, I think this might be the first we've talked about. Um, if you go talk to him, he will uh if you say yes to him and say yes, I'll accept
2: this, he uh uh disappears and goes back to Fire Yeah, he teleports back. Yeah. Um so we we have to finally deal with that that square. Um if you go down that long ladder, you get to this area with tons of these uh these knight armors, uh dead knights, and then also most of them though are not dead knights, they're just hollow armors. Mm-hmm. If you smack them, they fall apart. Um, so either the the things inside it desiccated or disappeared somehow. Um, there's also a big, thick knight that looks... It's explicitly a Berserk mm-hmm. reference that looks very similar to... Um, the, uh, God, I can't remember the name of him. The first big round knight that you fight in Berserk. Or mm-hmm. that, uh, the... Gut the uh, Guts fights. Yeah. Guts fights. Yeah, yeah the, like um, the prove yourself kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, and Guts guts is a, a note here. So people can soapstone, uh, in it, you know. <laughs> Uh, Could it be time for guts and things like that uh, there, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, Um, I I love these, like the set piece. Anytime you
0: see some of these armors, specifically the big guys, the wing knights here, uh, because they are just, just pinions with these spears. Yeah. yeah. They they, they are just pin
2: cushions for these things. It's great. Yeah. They had to be taken down by by legions. (laughs) Um, And we get this circle where there's one remaining wing knight who has killed seemingly dozens and dozens or regular, tons of regular knights have died. Yeah here either fighting the wing knight which is the the thing that i got yeah from it because they are uh, uh in opposition and this is confirmed later when we find out more about these guys mm-hmm. um but it's pretty awesome mm-hmm. and uh, he's just on patrol and this guy i like the design on this guy oh yeah um this is just this big fat guy yeah
0: apparently and, the uh, like the tiny wings on the back of their armor are uh, real life kind of things too. specifically yeah. like medieval polish um uh, oh, kind of yeah. things yeah i need to uh look up
2: the actual name of the like that order of knights but like that is a that has a real life precedent mm-hmm. um cool. yeah and they uh they worship something called the these angels um which i don't know like you've got a note here in the thing i don't know if that's what they are um but we can we can talk about that later when yeah, we find yeah. out about the angels um and that is a hearsay here so that kind of explains a little bit about the war um mm-hmm. and they are led by gertrude Ah, uh, the winged daughter who is imprisoned in the grand archives. <laughs> um, so we're gonna learn a lot more about Gertrude. Yep. Um, I don't think it's too spoilery to think that we're not done with Lothric or Lothric. Oh no. Um, we know that Lothric is one of the soul, one of the lords of Cinder. So we know we're coming back to lands controlled mm-hmm. by Lothric, mm-hmm. and that's where we're gonna get into a lot of the story about these guys. And I really love that uh, book ending. Oh yeah. This game does, where like we're getting these little hints of what these things are. Mm-hmm. And then we play an entire game in between actually finding out <laughs> yep. what they are. And given my like general stance that the stuff that the the things that are new to uh, to Dark Souls three are the cooler things, as opposed to the stuff that is brought back from earlier games, mm-hmm. um, I love that. Like yes. if, if this game was actually about just Lothric, um, mm-hmm. you know, and had just these little quotes of areas and stuff that were kind of cute, but without the more explicit callbacks mm-hmm. uh, we've had and we're gonna get. Um, I I think this works really really well for, for storytelling because I yeah. had this in the back of my head the entire time. Like who are the, who's Gertrude? <laughs> yep. You know, where are these grand archives? Is this yeah. a sequel to the previous grand archives that I know of? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go to something called the grand archives. Like yeah. just having that, knowing that area name is, is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fight, these guys are really tough. They are, uh, like spin to win kind of guys. Yeah. Their weapon arts is this like dorky tornado <laughs> thing that they do. Um, but what they lack is that, uh, I'm going to hit behind me, shield bash thing mm-hmm. so the reason why i found this guy easier to deal with than spiritor is that like i could get behind him yeah so and it's, it's his arena is really kind it's, it's just a big circle mm-hmm. that you can easily run around yeah. um there are also several like kind of perches above like little hidden areas on roofs and stuff you can get to yeah that have treasure but also make good like you can kind of firebomb this guy and soften him up
1: yeah i was going to say the game the game really it, it it entices you to cheese them, I I feel like, because mm. I think there there's a there's one bit of loot where you actually get like a cluster of like three three or five firebombs like in, in sort of one drop <laughs> you get a piece of loot. And mm. uh, and it's and it's right kind of at the ridge, like right as you're approaching this arena.
0: Yeah. Which is great because, you know, I think that so many people walk into these games with uh, the assumption they have to sword and board it, or at least hide behind uh cover mm-hmm. that, you know, anything they can do to kind of like goad you into like, no, like be opp- be opportuni- uh, opportunistic, use some consumables, expend some resources.
2: Yeah. Uh, range combat yeah. is, is always an option yeah. in this game, which I really like. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but eventually you kill him. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, I forget what he drops. I didn't make a note of it. Um, his halberd, or this might be a random, he might not always drop it. Hmm. Um, but I, I picked up his halberd here and never ended up using it, but, but beyond this charred charnel house,
0: uh, of, uh, kind of this wing knight and his old boy moment, uh, is, uh, kind of this cathedral square, right? You know, we've looked Mm -hmm. down on this from before and we've seen, you know, this, uh, cathedral with, uh, with the blue crest, above it and uh this is kind of like a terrace with uh these uh, you know staircases being patrolled by these knights and we have a couple of different options of uh, of kind of where we can go uh from this point but let's
2: head to the to the set piece and uh meet a new npc yes uh emma high priestess of Lothar castle of which there's very little to yeah um, she's 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 a gatekeeper of sorts yes um and she's disappointing i, <laughs> I found i found her disappointing i kept expecting you know, there to be more to her story than there is yeah
1: well these like these uh you know level designers they 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 built a cathedral for this one person this one this one NPC (laughs) like all of the all of the work that went into that just for this one lady sitting in a chair like to me is almost just seems like the height the height of opulence and yeah
2: (laughs) I just wish she had more lines
1: yeah like it's you know it does play it up it feels like she should be quite quite pivotal and important
2: yeah, she just doesn't tell you very much. No, uh, no. she she mentions again that the uh, the Lords of Cinder's lands are are literally converging um, at the base of this castle, yeah. and says to go there. Um, and she warns you about uh, the this dog, the vile yes. watchdog of the Boreal Valley. I love that. Just that phrase. Uh, I just want to like take the
0: way that I feel. <laughs> when yeah. i hear the vile watchdog of the boreal valley and just it's it's back. the
1: cellar it's the cellar door of uh, of, of dark souls game. <laughs> yep it's euphonious yeah but also i i love when you when you hear about something before you reach it like one of the things i i i talked about in the book is in in you died was that um, when we were having that that chain of pain, like the journalists who were on the e- this little email listserv that we were when we were playing through the game for review mm-hmm. um, like we nobody ever complained about spoilers because when mm. when you hear somebody mention oh this oh my god there 's this hydra spitting water at me and if you haven 't gotten to that point in the game yet it 's you know you're you 've heard some vague description of this threat that you 've that you haven't encountered yourself yet. So it, 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 it bigs it up and it actually makes it even more like nerve wracking when you finally <laughs> do encounter this thing. This is the thing that all of the villagers, this is like the monster in the woods that yeah. all the villagers keep kind of whispering <laughs> about. And, and then you finally f- find it. And, yeah. and I felt like just the fact that they have Emma kind of mentioned the name of it, 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 it seeds <laughs> this, this kind of anticipation, you know, for the fact that you're, that you're yeah. about to, uh, about to actually have that encounter which you, is
0: great. you get kind of the best of both which is you have uh, you don't have enough context to really grasp the uh, the significance of what you just heard or what was <laughs> spoiled for you if you consider that a spoiler um and uh, you, when you when you actually see the thing you have just enough context to heighten you like to heighten the yeah. experience
2: of it yeah, yeah. it's it's really yeah. cool like i i like that too um she i mean she does a couple of things so she does that um she also gives you uh the, our first covenant um the way of blue and uh gives you a key to the next area the small lothric banner um the way of blue um you can turn on and off uh covenants whenever you want Mm -hmm. you etch them upon your heart um the way of blue works now so if you are having a hard time in the game or you just don't like being invaded um put it on and you'll get some some blue sentinels that come help you out when you get invaded it's worked for me a bunch of times like um i don't use it a lot but i've used it in a couple areas Mm -hmm. and uh it is very helpful um you can also and this is we're not going to go into what this actually happens if you murder her you will sequence break the game yes um so i've tried that it is uh it's interesting (laughs) so and it is a way to access a very late game if you can fight a very late game boss you can access a very late game area very early (laughs) yep and it is a really it's i had a lot of fun doing it uh just dashing for items um suicide run after suicide (laughs) run not fighting anything Uh, It is a way to get a really huge kind of leg up on the game. (laughs) I think I came back with that boss and leveled up something like 13 times. Jesus. Um, It is is ridiculous. Um, But I just wanted to see if I could do it Mm -hmm. more than anything. Um, I'm starting to play through not doing that because what it does is it cheats you out of legitimately fighting that boss. Yeah. Uh, Because there is a a cheesy way to do it. That's a great boss too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other thing she gives you is that is that best boss on
0: the mug. Just (laughs) on like Yeah
1: world's greatest (laughs) boss
0: Uh, yep oh man just i want to photoshop that um the other thing she gives you we we mentioned this but i want to go into just a just a brief bit of detail about this she gives you that banner that you can wave to get to the bottom of the settlement and i love the uh the insignia on that if you go and look at the item uh image it is uh, it is a circle like a dark sign except not all of it is on fire just one small piece of it like 10 percent of Mm. it is um so it's uh it's like to me that reads like a a little bit like the uh the ember from uh from dark souls 2 like is this oh, sure. thing just barely being relit or is it just barely staying lit?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I could I pretty see that pretty good. It
0: is wonderful design.
2: Mm. <laughs> um the uh so they're just uh between here and the boss arena, there are knights. Yes. And we're not gonna spend too much time talking about these guys. We've fought them before. It's yeah. a tough encounter. Mm-hmm. Um and you can go up uh kind of this little side path to unlock that one way shortcut we mentioned from the right. Mm-hmm. Um, a little elevator that will be your boss run for here. Yeah. Um, when you actually go down to the bottom and you go in through the boss fog, um, it is in a big empty room. And the other end of it is a door that is kind of grown over with vines. Um, <laughs> it is either being corrupted somehow with this tree-ness that is happening, or it just has not been opened in so long
0: yeah. that there are um, these, these dead vines. And it is, uh, like bent in as though something from the outside has tried to, uh, bash it, uh, in yes. from the center.
2: Yeah. Yes. And when you start to open it, um, we actually get our boss fight.
0: Yes, Vort of the Boreal Valley.
1: There's so many dogs in this stage. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it almost feels like there's just all of these, like, panting, leaping, like, bits of <laughs> foreshadowing or something yeah. that's... Yeah. Uh, it's the, uh, it's then, the the Lords of Dogtown.
2: Yeah, these are... <laughs> these are uh, yeah, I thought that was a disappointing follow. Uh,
1: Dogtown <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh
2: and and also just to get out of the way, I wish that I had, I had made this joke and then found out a thousand people already made it, so I feel bad. But uh, my son is also named Ford um, So, but it's it's everywhere. It's like I didn't. We all came with the same joke all at the same time. I didn't. That's delightful. Oh, That's the first time oh, I thanks. heard it. Thanks. You no, know, I, I I went to go tweet it. And then I thought, wait a minute. And then I searched it, and tons of people said it already. So you didn't walk face first into that trap. I almost, I very nearly did. But it just goes to show you like, I, th- I mean, people steal jokes all the time. Like, that's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck yeah. that fat Jew guy. But like, um, and that's a proper noun. That's yes, not just that, like, that anti-Semitic. That that is his chosen um, name. That's his handle. But like, that does happen. But also, it's very easy just to come up with the same joke mm-hmm. as other people. Um that's true. But, so, so this is Vort, and this is um, a nice mix of like a, a person beast fight, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it answered my questions because it has <laughs> he has kind of a, uh, my concerns about Bloodborne bosses, mm-hmm. where he has kind of a, a beast-like moveset, but there's no thousand bits of flayed skin to get in my camera. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can always see where this guy's at. Yeah. Um, uh, so to describe yeah. him a little bit, he's a he's a, gig, a gigantic dude. Uh, if he was standing upright, this
0: would be just like, oh, it's another big armored guy fight. However, he uh, primarily moves around on all
2: fours. And he's carrying yeah. this big uh, this big uh, kind of mace that does frost damage to you. Yes. And uh, frost damage is new to the series. Um, it, it is tied to a status effect, Frostbitten, which uh, hurts and slows uh, stamina recovery significantly. Yeah. Um, so it's very similar to bleed um, mm-hmm. Bleed actually or like a certain because you know, bleed keeps changing yeah um, bleed now does a big chunk of damage to you um it used to slow down your your recovery now frostbite does that
1: yeah to, to um, me it almost it almost felt like fighting the boss form of a basilisk or something like that where <laughs> oh, where yeah. there's there's this kind of this kind of cloud that you're always aware of of your proximity to to this like cloud of threat you know that's building up this bar that you always have an eye on that it added a nice layer of, of intensity and um, and and threat to the encounter that wasn't just okay is his giant mace like hitting me in the skull yes or no kind of follow <laughs> follow the flow chart. like you know it, it yeah. was it was a third factor that that made the fight mm-hmm. feel more more unique to me
0: if x y mace equals skull then death
1: then then it just stops there's
2: nothing after it he's it's a really great boss i think oh yeah um you know i like i i think he's got two phases but it doesn't feel excessive like he gets more aggressive and his moves change a little bit but it has a little bit of that maria thing where the first phase feels like it trains you for the second Mm -hmm.
1: which is the way to to do it toggles it toggles back and forth as well doesn't it like it's not like the like a mario and a three-stage fight like yeah. Because he goes into that very hyper aggressive mode, but then it also then he will revert back to yeah. He
2: can chill out. Previous yeah. one. so <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. He does it. He also does something. Stay frosty, cool. Gary. Stay frosty. Uh, I, I will. I always. I always will. The, uh the Okay. <laughs> so that is the Crypt keeper. Crib keeper is joining us for this last little bit of uh, podcast. Uh, boils and ghouls. Um, the So the. Uh, one of the things he does that no Souls boss does is when he starts doing his breath weapon or his uh, his fog attack, he, if he gets hit during it, he stops doing it. Yeah. Which Souls enemies never do that. They're just like, I got to Listen, like once I start breathing, I'm not going to stop. Like I got to get all the poison out. Well, but he <laughs> actually will stop, which I,
0: I appreciate. Well, if you're not going to have um, poise, then he should. Well, and yeah, then he should neither.
2: Yeah. yeah I, well, actually, I prefer everyone have poise. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I want, uh, I'm a demo, uh, communist as far as the, the poise goes. <laughs> Um, vote, vote Sanders Poise 2016. Um, <laughs> the But he has the, I love his like leap attack that goes kind of corner wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like he, he shunts towards you and then he kind of side shunts yeah. at, at an angle that's really interesting. Um, it's a really, it's a, this is a really excellent fight though. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's really, really fun to, after I beat him, when, the thing I was doing in my second playthrough is like, I'm going to help everybody else with this fight after I do it. Oh yeah. Um, so like co oping against this guy is super fun. <laughs> too like it is a uh, like it, this is a really 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 great first proper boss fight yeah in the game so,
1: so yeah i loved when he when he goes into his sort of hyper dash back and forth kind of uh mm-hmm. mode I, I loved that all of a sudden like the fight wasn't about just stick and dodge it was it was all of a sudden about just like it became much more like run and leap like you know to mm-hmm. to evade so even the the way that you know, the fight is choreographed. Like there, there are sections where you're, you're kind of moving in and angling for the hit, and then there's times where, you're just, running around, kind of diving wildly, and so even, in terms of that, it, it just added such a sense of I'm doing different things in this fight. I'm not just repeating the same like narrow recipe of, responses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it also varies. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It is. I got very close to acing this guy, and then. Did not, but I was I was very close. My first my first playthrough, I got very lucky and was doing well. And then he got me. And then after that, my confidence was shaken. Yeah, um, it took me a couple tries, but it is uh it is not unfair and is well balanced. And and he telegraphs his moves well. There the only thing I'd say that like kind of frustrates me is there is a move he does in his second phase. If like I'm under him, that he hits me, but there's nothing that I can see that is hitting me. Like he will do a thing, and it doesn't look like it's not an AOE of uh, ice or magic. Like sitting. You know. or something. He, yeah, he doesn't sit or anything. He swings his weapon somehow, and it still somehow hits me. Hmm. And I don't exactly know how it's happening. So if I had, like, a third-person camera, like a Resident Evil camera on the <laughs> fight, I'm sure I could figure out what it was. But yeah. um, that's, like, the only time it felt kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it is, it is really, really great. And this guy is actually really interesting because, we, were, again, we were talking about that, giving you a heads-up about stuff that's coming later. Um, looking at his soul and the boss weapons we can make. Uh, eventually, we don't have the ability to make boss weapons yet. Yes. But learning about this guy gives us that little bit of like tantalizing lore <laughs> features. Yes. So looking at his soul, he's an outrider knight.
0: Um yes. He's never far from the fleeting dancer,
1: which because is I a clue. That.
0: Clue for later. Yeah. Uh, but you can make two uh, two items with this: uh, the Pontiff's left eye ring, uh, which uh, kind of like points to this uh, this character named Pontiff Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um who uh uh gives this to his knights to put them into a frenzy and turn them into beast like creatures and he only gives it to uh, people who are going to far off lands.
2: It's it's knights who peer into the black orb <laughs> yeah. are lured into battles of death. Like that is so good. Like that is oh. so fucking metal, like that's so and,
1: metal, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it is it is
2: really, really excellent levels of metal in, <laughs> in this stuff. And I just like reading this again, just that tantalite, like, ooh, who's the pontiff? Like yeah. I mean, even if his name is Sullivan, which is
0: stupid. <laughs> well, it's spelled different. Like he's got the yeah. he's got the goofy white person name spelling of Sullivan.
2: Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's, a, it's a, the, the
2: Pontiff Skyler,
1: the, 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 uh, the Counting Crows. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. Finally, yeah. Uh, our, you know Arch De, Arch uh, Arch Drake Dakota, is going to. Uh, <laughs> um, and then you can also make his hammer, which gives you access to that status effect, yes uh, a frostbite. Um,
0: and that 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 ring like it's not as pronounced as bloodborne but it gives you uh ability to get like a uh a regain system that's based not on
2: damage but on combo uh strikes, yeah, yeah. kinda it takes a lot of combos to work, yeah um so it's it's pretty weak, but it is uh it does make things a little bit bloodborny yep <clears throat> um yeah, so he uh, he dies, he forms a bonfire and then uh do you, uh cool just yep. in the interest of not 100% rushing through uh things do you want to do the opening to the next area like do the stuff with the gargoyles on the next episode yeah sure is that okay cuz that makes sense it's it's mm-hmm. how we get into the next area
0: yeah and then we can so, kind of sc- so we go open ahead the gate and to it. a new world
2: yes yep. and uh, that's what we're going to call it for this episode we're going to talk about how we get into the undead settlement in the next episode mm-hmm. uh as per last time guest to be announced so uh lining up guests this time has been a little bit more back and forthy and mm-hmm. we still have great people who are coming, and uh, but it is uh, getting things nailed down. I hate to announce something and have it not go through. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so for now, uh, that's going to be the episode. Um, Jason, thank you very much. Yeah. Again, really appreciate oh, it. Oh,
1: man. I, I always <laughs> enjoy it. It's such a huge pleasure. <laughs> um, yeah. Where can people find you online? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at riotwhiskey, and that's one word R I O T W H I S K I. And uh, the book's website is u died.com. Yeah. So, can't yeah, recommend it. So uh, yeah, I hope uh, people we'll get to check it out, and uh, you know, just because a lot of people have asked. Uh, even though it is being published in the UK, our distributor ships internationally. So mm-hmm. if you're in the US, it, it's it's a tenner in the UK, um, but if you ship internationally, it ends up being about twenty-two dollars after shipping, which yep. for three hundred and thirty-three pages of Souls uh, goodness, I feel like is is pretty good value. Yeah, and a lot a yeah. lot of love was put into it. so yeah, I'm, I'm and, yeah. And there's a there's a Kindle version as well. There's no physical version on uh on Amazon, but uh mm-hmm. you can get the Kindle version if you wanna just save a little bit of money um and not have to not have to deal with the shipping expense. So yeah. And there's sample chapters you can get through iBooks or Amazon through the Kindle store. So if you want to check out a little bit before you before you commit to it, then yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh it's recommended, it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as much, I would say that even if we, if we weren't in it and we weren't friends. So (laughs) I, I, I really do like it. Um, if you, if you like us, if you like this show, um, and we, we, we teased about, uh, complaining about poise. I think that's more (laughs) or less, uh, just, just, um, poise is turned off. You can Google search that there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, it is fucking gobsmacking to me that a major mechanic of this game is just literally set to zero Mm -hmm. and it is incredible that the game we played will not exist for our, you know, for people in the future. I was just going to say our children, uh, for when, for when me and Cole and Jason, and our children. (laughs) Yes. yes. Uh, it is, it's like Shrine of Amana turned to 11. Like, yeah, there will not be this version of Dark Souls three in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's bonkers. Yeah. Um, because the whole time we played through when I was like, man, Dark Souls three is the hardest one in the series. Like (laughs) I was playing, that was me getting stunlocked by everything. Yeah you know so it's I, I feel like I'll have to revise that I'm looking forward to doing a playthrough once they finally turn it back on <laughs> me too um, and I'm
0: very uh, I'm very gun shy about starting one without that
2: yeah I mean I'm, I'm doing it anyway but because it, it does have that build variety that means I'm gonna keep replaying it but like and I'm not I, this isn't a call out thing I'm just really it's an amazing thing to leave out because yeah. for you know for a little while I think people were theorizing that it was intentional but so many different mechanics rely on it like why yeah. would you have all these weapon arts that increase poise uh-huh. you know why would you have uh, what you know things like that like uh, items that increase poise. You know, poise has to exist and it just turned off and it just means that like PvP is less fun for me now. Mm-hmm. I can stunlock people, but if I, man, I had the hardest PvP encounter I had was with a guy with a like a certain spear <laughs> and just, I just couldn't get within his reach without getting yeah. stunlocked. SM. You know, and then I'd roll away and it just kept happening and like...
1: Yeah. I just imagine you having a dream about like a spear just lying on the floor and like just waking up like crying, falling, <laughs> like just... <laughs> so many bad experiences with, with this particular weapon. Whenever I, whenever I dream
2: about spears, it always symbolizes something bad.
1: Um, it's Freudian, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, so there'll be a, a link in the show notes with more detail, but just rest assured that we're aware of it um, and we also wish that it was fixed. Yes. Um, if you like this show,
0: what can mm-hmm. they do for Well, Gary, they can leave a rating or review on iTunes. We have uh, uh, maintained a very high rank in uh, uh, the iTunes uh, video games and games and hobbies, we haven't recorded since we uh, since we hit that top, um, but uh, just uh, super grateful for that, and that is uh, the, it's kind of. Uh, crazy also gobsmacking that we have uh, that we have remained up there um and all of that goes to help and we've seen that demonstrated over and over again so if you are uh somebody who uses itunes uh subscribing rating and reviewing there uh goes and uh does a great deal to help spread the word which feeds into our patreon which has uh, uh ballooned as well since we last spoke um we have added a new, a new show uh monster in my podcast Uh, which is uh, great fun. It is a new D and D monster three times a week. And uh, we are, we're only able to do that because of the
2: people who have come out and given a couple of bucks a month. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Yes. Um, You can, if you are unable to do a standing donation, if you head over to duckfeed.tv forward slash store, you can support us by purchasing things, premium episodes of our other shows. uh, And then most new and notably uh, my book souls of darkness is available there. Um, If you would like to get a physical copy, um, you can also go to powerworlds.com to go to the period website that is uh, about this series of books (laughs) uh, that I hope to populate with other books in the future. Um, But I would love it if you uh, picked up a copy. As we previously mentioned, international shipping is the worst, and I apologize for how expensive it is to get one of these internationally. Um, But it is, uh, you know, small press, so it is expensive Um, but you can get that there. You can also, if you can't do any of those things, um, and you can't read a review or do Patreon or buy anything, I understand that too. Um, tweeting, blogging, just mentioning the show is very helpful. If you know somebody who would like it, tell them if you're on one of those message boards where people are like, Hey, I like souls. What should I do to get into it? Uh, point them towards uh, one of our, our early episodes that kind of explain the basics because those are a good resource and we'd love to, uh, to have more people join us. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, um, cool. thank you again, Jason. Yes, we really appreciate it, Jason. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, until next time, Cole, what should they do? They should beware,
0: because the vile watchdog keeps a close eye on things. Ooh, I like it.
1: Umbasa. Mm-hmm. Umbasa. M- Mufasa, say it again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We all pray that we will have far more soon...
0: hey you're here after the uh the old post roll and uh this is this is me letting you know about a giveaway so we had Jason on to talk about the uh, the you died book and about this area and uh, we wanted to reward our most loyal listeners, by which I mean people who listen to the very very end uh with uh, a chance to win a free copy. Of this book, so we have a Facebook page that we mentioned. It is chat. On the day that this episode comes out, I'm going to put up a post um, to the public that says the world could use more love letters. Okay, and uh, if you want to be put into the running for this, just uh, respond with the uh, with the phrase "Give me more." So you're going to see the world could use more love letters and respond with a phrase, give me more. Um, And uh, the deadline for this is uh, by the end of the day on Saturday, May the 14th. Uh, So after this episode had been out for a week Um, and we're gonna choose from that and we're gonna send as many copies. I don't know how many copies I'm going to get uh, to send out. You just have to uh, take it on faith. Thank you so much for listening to the end. This is our way of rewarding you and spreading the word about this book. Um, Yeah, so once again, facebook.com slash Chat. The prompt, the post you're looking for says, the world could use more love letters, and the response you're going to give is, give me more. And as an addendum, I'm very sorry to say, uh, we would like to keep this in the United States if at all possible, um, just because uh, shipping internationally, a bunch of these would possibly bankrupt us. Uh, So I apologize to any of our international listeners, but that is just kind of a, a fact of life. Sorry. Thanks.